Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, <laughs> and I'm Matt Smith, but not not that Matt Smith. And we're folksy today, apparently. <laughs> uh, trying something different. Um, we're from <laughs> we're from Mindrover. Not really. I don't know what that was. Um, we're from Mindrover.net, the home site of Mindrover Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts. Uh, specifically, this one, the Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who. Our flagship podcast, um, the mind, the mind robbers, where we talk about everything else, and also our brand new, uh, our brand new spinoff podcast, the Mind Robbers Versus, uh, where we talk about a specific show that we love. We break it down episode by episode, um, and uh, and and really just uh, break it down a lot like what we do here, only on a much shorter, uh, much much shorter episodes um rough it's the cheese it version of this podcast. yeah it's like it's like 10 to 15 minutes an episode um but it's gonna come out three times a week and on it we right now it's called mind the mind robbers versus batman the animated series so i'm sure you guys like that show so you should listen yeah yeah um and I'm sure we're going to pimp it again at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. Uh, if you like our shows, though, you should review them on iTunes because that helps us out. Um, I guess this is a good time to uh, point out that we went and uh, – well, I went and, and researched all of the – all of our other country or out of our foreign iTunes reviews, um, which we are uh, equally uh, loved and maligned in other countries as we are in America, so that's good. No, I'm I'm down with consistency. That's for damn. That's for damn sure. <laughs> totally. Um, so uh, thanks to all of our our our, our foreign listeners who, who bothered to put in reviews. Um, uh, Mickey Love seventy six, Edge of seventeen, uh, Tart and Jeff. I love you, Tart and Jeff. Um, <laughs> except he unsubscribed, so uh, that tells you how much of one star he gave us. Uh, At Butcher, BJ Mart eighty nine, wonderful. Um. Uh, Mr. Fids, Davos, DaCosta, and Majusta, and uh, the Time Meddler. That's what I have. Um, yeah. So thanks, thanks you guys. You guys are great. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool thing you might feel like sharing, you can email those to us at podcast at mydropper.net. Uh, but if you want to start a discussion, I would recommend going to the comment section located on mindrobber.net. Uh, and go to the post for this episode, leave a comment to let us and everyone else know what you're thinking, and then we'll comment back. Other people will comment back. It'll be a whole thing. It'll be great. Um, and then finally, of course, uh, most importantly, if you know anyone who would like this show, if you know anyone who likes Doctor Who, uh, make sure you tell them about it. Tell them about the show. Tell them you listen. Tell them they should listen, uh, because that that's – I mean that's really – 
that's more helpful than just about anything else. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, let's talk time flight, huh? Yes, let's talk time flight. Uh, time flight, fifth doctor story, uh, master story. Uh, Matt, um, what's the background and significance for this guy? Time flight. It's the season finale of uh, season nineteen, mm-hmm. um, which is the which is the first Peter Davison season. And when you look at the numbers, that means that we're actually one third of the way through our talk of Doctor Who um, in terms of the stuff that's pre eleventh hour. Right. Um, which which I think is uh, I mean significant turning point. We're out of the first act finally. Yeah. Um, it was a long tr- <laughs> it was a long trek through the wilderness. Here come the road of trials. Um, <laughs> oh with no. Time flight. Um, <laughs> Time flight again, like it's like I said, it's the last, it's the season finale. It's the first story after Earth Shock, which is the um, the death of Adric, which uh, we talked about when we talked about last. Um, and it's written by Peter Grimwood, who before this was a director of Doctor Who stories. Uh, he did uh, he before this he directed Full Circle, Legopolis, and Kinda. This is his first writing credit, uh, and and from, and he also directed Earthshock, which is significant. Um, but this is his this is uh, it's his it's his brainchild, I suppose, and it's his interest with uh, Concord and airplanes and Heathrow that really kind of drove him into this direction. Um, and and uh, he would go on to write. Two other stories, Modern Undead and The Planet of Fire, or Planet of Fire, I suppose. Um, but this is, his, I mean, this is his first writing thing. From what I understand, and I forget where I read this, but this was, he intended to direct this, um, but something, BBC something, something wouldn't let a writer direct their own script. So he was shuffled off to Earthshock, which, which tells me that he had a specific vision for how this story would be executed. Instead, it was handed off to Ron Jones, who previously we talked about doing Black Orchid and Vengeance on Veros. So take for that what you will. He'll go on and be our next Fifth Doctor story with Arc of Infinity. Um, and he also did Mind Warp, um, which was the second installment of the Trial of a Time Lord. Um, but it is it is a, a, a very poorly regarded story. Um, it's the it's the it, when they did the most recent Doctor Who fan poll. This was the I think the very 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 last. Peter Davison story lower than Ark of Infinity, lower than um, Warriors of the Deep, lower than just about everything. Um, so it's considered the worst Peter Davison story of all time, um, and it's also the quote unquote departure of Tegan, which I mean, hilarious as we'll talk about. Tegan, of course, would come back very, very, very shortly. She's back in Ark of Infinity, um, but it was it was intended for John Nathan Turner. Was just like, hey, let's uh, let's bring let's bring Tegan. We're gonna bring Tegan back, but we'll end it on a bit of a cliffhanger, which I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I think that was a good smart move, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was, it's a very mature version of uh, Doctor Who that I really like Nathan Turner doing. Every season kind of ends in a, in an interesting place, except King's Demons, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, the background of significance on Time Flight. All right. Uh, and we're going to talk about well, it. Well, before we continue, uh, I want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition comic book collection at 35 to 45% off. Uh, plus, new release specials every Wednesday. Uh, those are 50% off. Um, and remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Uh, go there and buy some comics. Um, okay, so Time Flight. Time Flight, uh, as you mentioned, has a history, long history of people hating it. Um, you warned me many, many times. Um, <laughs> many times. Uh, I think 
I think just about more than any other episode, this is the one I always heard you say, like, this episode is awful. Um, yeah. I don't, I didn't like it, but I didn't really hate it either. Like, I was just mm-hmm. kind of, eh, about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is no, that, I, I, I is that, Yeah, is that crazy? Like, that I don't, no. like, I'm watching this and I'm just like, well, this doesn't really make any sense, and this is really silly, and this is a lot of winding around for three episodes, uh, and and it's just like I was, but I honestly, I really like part one. I really sure. like part one. Um, other than the let's bury Adric under the rug, let's sweep him under the rug and not talk about <laughs> him anymore, um, which I'm sure we'll get to. But other yes. than that, I really like part one a lot. Sure, absolutely. Uh, um, and. Like all of the stuff with them at the airport, and uh, like the 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 TARDIS like ending up in uh, an airport terminal, like it's really cool. And and with that first episode, which uh, apparently they must have blown their budget in the first episode, um, making episodes two through th- four really suffer as a result. But that first episode didn't look cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they shot on location at a, at a, an airport, and it was just. I, it just added something really special to it, I think. Sure. Um, I liked all of that stuff. Uh, then once you got into episode two, then I was like, okay, weird, racist. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. what What is that on his face? Like, I just didn't really know what was going on there. And then by episode three, I'm like, okay, this is really convoluted. You get to episode four and you're like, I don't know why or how they solved that. Um, But then I like the last like 10 minutes or so. Sure. So I don't think it's like, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I would rather watch this over Vengeance on Varos any day. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I I, I would um, agree with you on that. At least like this is mostly inoffensive um, as opposed mm -hmm. to Varos, which is just a terrible taste in my mouth. Um Mm-hmm. No, I find I find I agree. Uh, my my argument with this one is the same that I have with my argument with Time Lash, which is, uh, it's perhaps it's not very awful, awful, but what what about it is very good. Um, and I find that there's not, there's just not a lot here that's very good. Um, yeah, it's a very bland. It's like it's like eating a saltine cracker. Yeah, it's, it's just very. It's very generic. Um, very, very generic. There's the warring alien species, there's a time travel plot, and there's the master doing I don't know what with I don't know how and all sorts of things. I like fun in airports, though. Sure. No, absolutely. And that was actually a big deal because uh, uh, the Concord, which is the centerpiece of this whole st- story, I suppose, the Concord at this point was only four years old, and uh, uh, both, I think it was Sayward and... Uh, Grim Wade were really interested in Concord and then really fought to get footage of Concord, of a Concord, on a Concord, in Heathrow Airport. They uh, tricked or uh, John Nathan Turner tricked British Airways into giving them uh, uh, intro like uh, uh, what's the phrase um, access because they said that we're going to Air France and they have a really nice offer and British Airways is like we're not going to be outdone by France um, so they <laughs> so they they fought in that way and I and I agree and it's one of those things where um, if you know anything about production you know that shooting in an airport is remarkably expensive. It is remarkably impossible to do. Um, security mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, the start and stop. Pro- film production is a very slow process. 
Um, it's very, very difficult, and they make it look very effortless. It's very exotic um, in its own in its own banality, I suppose. And seeing there's nothing like seeing Tegan walking around an airport or the TARDIS in an airport, as you texted me. Um, it's really cool, and it's shot on film, so you can tell that it was on location, and all that stuff is really like I, I really, really like that stuff. Um, uh, I love the. Um... The uh, the uh, forklift, like putting the TARDIS into uh, into the cargo hold of the plane, mm-hmm. and then the Doctor like getting in, and <laughs> it made me laugh because like the Doctor like climbs in, and then he hits this, flips this switch, and then everything inside the TARDIS is right side up again, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Nissa just walks in. Which I have no idea how she does that. Like, <laughs> I feel like she should be halfway in and halfway out and be like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it should be really confusing. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, she just, she just walks right yeah. in. Um, it's because when the doctor is... hits that switch, he reorientates the gravity of the TARDIS. So right. he's stuck on the ground. The inside of the TARDIS, yes. not the out. The outside is still the TARDIS on its side. Yes, which is I don't. You're right. I don't know how that works. Um, but she, makes, <laughs> she just made me laugh. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but but I love her comment where she's like, oh, I wish we'd known about that in Castrovalva, and the doctor just like shrug face. <laughs> I was like, what, um, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what can I do? I was in a box. Look, <laughs> I was regenerating. Come on, relax. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think that there's some stuff in here that's really iconic watching, um, especially in episode four, watching the master and the doctor square off. It's like, and just kind of do a posture fest I, for some reason always sticks with me. And I don't know what it is about them, but it just, it like watching them talk and, and verbally spar is really interesting. And mm-hmm. just, I mean, the, the white of Davison contrasts really well with the black of, um, of Eva Ainley's master. Um, yeah. And that's really good. The problem is all the stuff in the middle. Apparently, the third episode underran by like seven minutes, so Grimwade had to go in and go in and rewrite all the stuff with the pilot captain, um, which is just—I mean, I didn't know that pilot captain or Captain Stap- Stapley, I suppose, Captain Stapley is just the most competent ca- captain of anything I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> He's just, yeah, he is. He's so talented at everything he does. He's like a, he's a damn hero. Yeah. He's like an astronaut. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like it's 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 ridiculous to see the guy flies the TARDIS at one point. He's telling the Doctor everything that needs to get done. He's he's like he's like I he's like we're gonna take off the tires. They're like how are you gonna do that? And he's like we, he's they're like we don't have a jack. We don't have we can't lift ten tons of metal. The guy's just like we're gonna dig a hole. And they're like, that's brilliant. Like, and it's every, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's every situation with him. It's just, it's really hilarious watching Grimwade write this character who's just basically like, like airline Jesus. Like, it's so, it's just so funny to me just to watch because he's so, he's so flawless, especially in later like episodes. Like in episodes three and four, the guy is just Reaganing. Like, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I will, I, I do say like, uh, I mean, obviously, Khalid is questionable the oriental mystic oh, yes. uh, which is which is the master in disguise um uh, but <laughs> one he's he's yes it's very questionable because like i don't even know what i'm looking at when i look at like i know he's supposed to be asian because he's got the asian like the oriental beard thing going on yes. uh the fu manchu thing but like what what the hell's on his face? What is that? 
He just has like a severe skin condition. Yeah, he's got some real eczema right there. Like just real. Yeah. <laughs> like you just put some. And his skin is like gray. Yeah. Get some. Get some moisturizer up on that. That's that's a problem. And then when uh, when uh, when Tegan and Nissa do whatever it is they do that foils the master's plan, which I still don't really understand what was going on there. Um, but uh, the master as Khalid like falls over and then like just starts snotting all over himself. Yeah. Like. What was that? I have no idea. And then, the, and then he just gets up. He's like, "I'm the master the whole time." That was a total fake out. It's like, wow, you just had that sack of pus ready to go, man. That's weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's really strange. So strange. I don't know what that was. I'm like, did I did I put an Evil Dead? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, I, I just uh, that was weird. That was weird. Very weird. Uh, but yeah, Khalid, very racist. Um, and whispery because apparently, uh. Apparently, Anthony Antley can't do uh, an Asian accent not in a whisper. Yeah, or unoffensively. Um, it's just so <laughs> it's so offensive. And like, I don't know if you knew that was him or when you figured out that was him. But like, watching it, like when you when you watch it, you're just like, oh right, that's the master. You just you just you're just like, this is so tasteless right now. Like this is yeah. so oh yeah, so tasteless. It's bad. Yeah, it's really oh, bad. God, it's so bad. Um, um, and so I, I, I oh, sorry. No, go I ahead. was just gonna say, and the master's plan itself is just so insanely. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Well, I have a problem with, in general, I have a problem with plans uh, uh, by returning characters. Specifically, returning characters is when this is only a problem. But like the master, I have a problem with plans that that the master or the Daleks or the Cybermen or anything have, but especially the master, when their plan consists of you're like halfway through the story and then you find out that his plan is that he has this problem that you didn't know he was a problem. Until now. And he's got to solve it. And it's just like, that's not good. I don't, like, don't have the master show up and then be like, oh, your TARDIS isn't working. He's like, yeah. So I need parts. (laughs) So I'm going to do mastery things to get parts for my TARDIS. I I I was stealing Concord jets to bring the doctor to me. It's like, well... That's not the easiest way to bring the doctor to you. That yeah. can't be the easiest way. I'm sure you And why are you pretending to be an oriental mystic? What how did that help anything? It didn't help Where... anything at all. No. Like, especially... it, he could have just been the master yeah. the whole time. Especially cuz if you wanted to do that, he could just hypnotize the people into thinking that he looked like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's like what do you accomplish by doing that sort of thing? And it's at that point like I mean apparently Anthony Ainley was really big on disguises and and Nathan Turner was just like the master goes in disguises so they they did that. The problem is that it just falls apart when you start to do that whole thing. When the master appears just about every time in the Davison era, he has at least one disguise that he's disguised as. Um and it's really like it's really just distracting at a certain point where you're just like now you're just being hilariously I can't take you seriously. You know, it's just it's a problem. Like it's just it's just a real problem and it doesn't really it just mm-hmm. doesn't it just doesn't help anything. Like it just doesn't help anything mm-hmm. and it's it's a deal. It's st- stupid. Um. All right. Well, so let's talk about Adric, uh who died in the previous episode and uh Great. Now, uh, thank you. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> everybody's yeah. No, that's about right. Yeah. 
Um, no, everybody's sad for about 30 seconds at the beginning of the episode. And then the doctor's just like, well, let's move on because, uh, this was obviously this, you know, Adric, uh, died doing what he wanted. And I was like, failing? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, and I think that what was really interesting was that, um, was it Nissa or Tegan, uh, made the suggestion of, Going back and saving Adric, but letting the ship blow up so that nothing like time isn't affected, like it doesn't affect. And then the doctor's like, "No, we can't possibly do that," <laughs> which I think is so. You don't and don't ever ask me to do that again. Look, he's dead. It's fu- guys, he's dead. How dare you? He's dead. How dare yeah. you? He's dead. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Now let's go to an airport. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's really. Like, it's really, really contrived. And the fact that they get over it so quickly, like, it is, it's, like, you start and you're like, wow, they're actually going to deal with this. And then all of a sudden it's just business as usual in the worst way. Where you're just like, wow, like, 30 seconds ago your best friend was dead and you don't really mention it again. And then when they do mention it again and Adric appears in that um, in that cavern system on Zarephas or in the, in the Zarephas compound, um, it's dealt with very quickly like they're just like it's adric no oh he's got a badge it's an illusion oh press forward and then it's over um and it's and it's weird to see it just it's just so jarring and it just tells you how much they didn't take adric's death seriously or how much they just didn't want it to weigh down the show when that was the thing that they should have done um and i i don't know i find that deeply problematic i find it very much like the like a real blemish on a on a mediocre story, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like deal with it, you know. And it's clear that Grimwade later, when you watch Modern Undead and you watch Planet of Fire, he can deal with character drama better than just about anyone in the Davison era, and that he doesn't play with it um, is is shocking. That you get a scene where they're like, we need seven more pages. And then they just write more of the captain getting into wacky antics on the TARDIS instead of shooting <laughs> Nissa and Tegan dealing with the fact that their best friend just died is telling. Um, it's telling from a production standpoint, what they thought of Adric. It's telling from a production standpoint, how they saw his character and saw his death. It was a cheap ploy. The it's over. Like, Adric died. We did what you wanted us to do. Let's move on. It's like that's mm-hmm. so disrespectful to the character. And I'm not the biggest Adric fan, but at the same time, it's just like this is not how you deal with that. Um, it's not how you should be dealing with that. And like they could have made something really special with a story that, you know, does very specifically call back the rest of the season. Um, they mentioned Castro Volva. The master has returned. He was in the first episode of the season. Um, uh, a Terraleptal appears. Uh, the Melker from Keeper of Trocken appears. All of those things help bring the show full circle. But there's just this big elephant in the room, which is the fact that Adric died, and we're not going to deal with that until Caves of Angizani, which is a big problem. Um and it's kind of a bummer that they do it that way. Um, it's mm-hmm. Stupid. It's just such. It's such a. It's such a ridiculous waste of time. Um, almost swore right there, but I didn't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Thank you. Thank you. Uh. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't have much else to say about this episode. I just. I don't think. I don't think it's it's awful. I I, I just don't think it. It's anything like it's just it's just there. Yeah. 
I don't know. And but it has enough moments that I feel like it's worth watching. Sure, sure, sure. And it um, and it is worth seeing. Like the the stuff at the airport is really cool. I also love. <laughs> The one thing that I do I do really love is is the use of Tegan in this, and I find that the more I watch Tegan, the more I actually end up liking her. But um, two things about this: one, watching them leave without her makes me laugh. Um, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Because <laughs> the first time I saw this, I was just like, ah ha ha ha. Because I had seen Arc of Infinity before this, so I knew that she left, but I didn't know why. And the fact that the Doctor basically just dumped her there and forgot to pick her up and left before picking her up just makes me laugh. And I love that the captain at the end is just like, oh, what are you doing here? She's just like, I don't don't know. (laughs) Cue a Home Alone montage. (laughs) Where Tegan's setting up the airport to protect it from robbers. (laughs) Just her sledding down an escalator. Like, just... (laughs) Oh, where's that episode? Uh, it's Fanfic. <laughs> it's lost in the middle of this. Um, but I, I love that they leave Tegan behind. But I also love, and this is what I mean by Peter Grimwade, like, knowing these characters. I love that they're like, oh, the captain's just like, okay, we're going to reload the Concord. And then Tegan goes, okay, and walks over to the passengers. And it's just like, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the delay. We are now reboarding the airplane. I mean, I don't think it's a very well done scene, but at the same time, it does deal with the fact that Tegan has a personality, that she has a character to deal with. And I think that um, that that aspect, I don't again, I don't think it's very well written, but it does say that Grimwade is thinking about these things. Magic Captain Jesus over there could have easily have said, hey, guys, let's get back on the plane. But he delegates the task to Tegan because Tegan is a stewardess. Um, and I think that that's an interesting choice. And I think that. It, it is a very good use of Tegan, and I always forget about it, but I think that it's very well done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's – No, yeah. I, I think uh, I think this is probably the most – outside of um, – outside of um, – Kinda? Kinda, thank you. Outside of Kinda, this is the most interesting thing they've done with Tegan. Sure. Uh, I think since her introduction. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, because usually she's just whiny companion, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's her whole role. Um, so uh, I, I did. I liked her a lot in this. Um, she's a lot better than Nissa in this, who does nothing. Yeah. Nissa, who they, who they, they basically bench for an entire episode for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then they just keep cutting back to it, where it's just like <laughs> and that. Also reminds me where where Nissa's covered in the soap bubble magic blue screen or whatever it is, and Tegan's just magic like Nissa, Nissa, Nissa. Nis, Nissa, and then they cut away. They come back, and she's just like Nissa, Nissa. Can you hear me? It's like no, Tegan. She can't hear you. Get over it. Like it's just so. It's just so silly. Um, and it doesn't. It doesn't really work. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's just. But it's just a. It's just an unfortunate confluence of events. I think that like they clearly had wasted a lot of money on Earthshock and the rest of the season, and they were just out of money by this point. Um, you see it in the Twin Dilemma. Um, after Caves of Rangers on it, because Caves of Rangers on it was so expensive, they're just like, well, we have no money. Um, and the problem is, like, if this was a better story, it could sustain no, no, um, no budget. The problem is that because you don't have the good story to pay attention to, you're also seeing the really silly looking rock monsters, the really silly soap buds, soap suds, the fact that the Concord is a little mini, which I really love. Um, 
and <laughs> the 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 extreme amount of green screen um, and and color separation overlay that they have, um, and that's I mean all those things just really hurt it. All the all the sets look cheap. It just doesn't look very good, and that I mean yeah. that really hurts Doctor Who fans. Doctor Who fans hate it when their show looks cheap, um, mm-hmm. and that's a. I mean, that's a problem. I can usually look past it, but Time Flight itself is just not good enough for me to look past it. And it's just like, oh, we ran out of money. Well, it's, it's hard to look past it when the first episode looks so good. And then mm-hmm. as soon as they show up on the alien planet, you're just like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's yeah. not, that's not right. Um, and then, no, all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everything, it's, everything just looks so, it just looks so generic and, and very, I hate to use the word Graham Williams because I hate throwing him under the bus, but, um, very much like Graham Williams sci-fi where Graham oh, Williams yeah. will just do like just a generic future setting and like the, the indoor casing of the Zephas, um, control room just looks just generic with just poorly done walls and it just looks like cardboard and it's like it's like it's okay that's fine i i can deal with that being doctor who the problem is it's just on a bad story um it's a problem it's a problem it's a problem um yeah. and that's really where this whole thing lands it's just it's just uh it's just i i mean the, that's the problem with time flight is just at the end of the day you don't care it looks bad it's just not very it's not very good doctor who and like i mean you and i we didn't come we didn't come out very good against Earthshock, but at the end of the day, Earthshock is just miles better than this. Um, it's just mm-hmm. much better done. And this is, it's just like, it's just like you just end the season on a very, like, not your best foot. Um, there's, like, this season has been mostly pretty good. Um, Castrovolva, Kinda in particular, The Visitation, Black Orchid, Earthshock, all really, 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 really quite good. Um, and then you have mm-hmm. this in Fort of Doomsday, and it's just like, mm. Your missteps, like this, the the fifth doctor's missteps, are really hard to take and really hard to swallow. Um, I mm-hmm. think uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. All right. Well, uh, we're now with with this episode. Now we're 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 uh, taking our step into Act Two of uh, our Doctor Who adventure here on the oh Doctor's boy. Companion. Oh boy. Um, and uh, that begins next week with the Leisure Hive. Uh. But uh, before we wrap up, we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you pre-order all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. Uh, you place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off, uh, bundle discounts of 50% off, and then regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Uh yeah, next week the Leisure Hive. Uh, Tom Baker. Uh, it's Romana two. Yes. Uh, K-9? it's the yep K nine. It's the uh the the Graham Graham Williams. No, yeah. it's actually the very first story produced by John Nathan Turner. Oh yes, interesting. Which is so this is just before E Space. Uh yeah, it's this it's Leisure Hive then Migloss then they're in E Space. Um, okay yeah. All right. Well, um, so Leisure Hives next week. Uh, but in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things from time to time. Um, also, make sure that you're listening to The Mind Robbers, our flagship podcast, where we talk about all of the things. Um, and our brand new uh, spinoff podcast, The Mind Robbers versus Batman the Animated Series. Uh, right now, we're, ta- we're taking a look at Batman the Animated Series. Eventually, we'll get to um, Superman and 
uh, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and then move on to other shows. So that will be a show that will be ongoing, but will change as we um, take on a new series. Uh, but we do two stories a week there. Um, it's quick, in and out, uh, like t- 10, 15 minutes. And uh, it comes out three times a week. So yeah, that's yeah. a lot of content. Yeah, um, two, So make sure two you stories, subscribe. Two stories per episode, three episodes per week. So we're covering like six stories a week. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so make sure you subscribe to that as well. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gunkin'In. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD Commentary. If you haven't been following it, please follow because God knows Smash is coming. Um, <laughs> I swear it's coming. I, I was going to do it the other night and then I realized that I would already, you know, you don't want to hit the Twitter limit. So I, I didn't because I was live tweeting some Vampire Diaries and I was like, no, nah, I, want, I want the full batch um and that so that is definitely on its way it's going to be happening in very soon so please follow me at gd commentary for all that information also i'm in a book uh it's called the outside in written by robert edited by robert smith and featuring a lot of different writers who are fans of doctor who um uh, who have or have not seen the classic series talking about the classic series um 160 of them really massive uh, awesome project that I love reading, um, and I'm in it. So, in, like, support me, uh, not financially, because I get no money for that book. I just really like it. Also, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, which is my blog on Doctor Who. You can find my entry on Time Flight over there, uh, where I go into a little bit more detail, and it's always a little interesting to look at. And screen caps, so what's not to love? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well... Uh... Yeah, email the show podcast at mindrobber.net. Go to the website, mindrobber.net. Leave comments. Go to iTunes. Leave reviews. And tell your friends to listen to this show. And we will talk to you next week with the Leisure Hive. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.